How high will the Florida State Seminoles be with the first playoff ranking? You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and today's show is the preview for tonight's college football playoff committee and everything they have to say about the rankings, why they place teams there, and all the above and all below in the opinion section. Basically, what I think, what I've been told by a lot of people that I've spoken with, and then breaking down some stats. So at the end of the show, I'm going to go over what I think the ranking will be for the top four or five teams. And then we're also going to kind of discuss what has to happen for things to change thereafter. But of course, we'll do a show either later tonight or in the morning regarding Florida State's opportunities based on what the playoff committee actually does. So with that being said, today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, get a $20 off for doing so, and you can get in on the action. Florida State's got a big home game coming up in a couple of weeks against Miami. That's an opportunity. Obviously, they got Pittsburgh on the road who is struggling. I'll talk about that a little bit here in a while as well. But download the Game Time app today. All right, Florida State, we're going to compare them to four schools there are other schools that I could talk about, but I'm leaving out Georgia and Michigan. I think it's pretty obvious they're going to be in the discussion. If they're not in the top four, then I missed. Uh, here, here's a little segue. I think they will be two of the four teams that are that are mentioned. The teams that I have Florida State competing with, and this, this is a big box situation here. Florida State will compete with Washington, Oregon, Ohio State, Texas. Oklahoma would have been there, but they just laid an egg against – a decent, I mean, they're better than average Kansas team, but they they laid an egg. They didn't take advantage of their opportunities. They're probably not going to be in the playoff hunt. These are four of the schools that I'm just going to use. You could make an argument for other schools too. Somebody might want to throw Penn State in there or something. I don't see it. Somebody else might have another school in there. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. Somebody might say Alabama's trending again, whatever. The four again are Texas, Oregon, Florida State, obviously. Then it's going to be Ohio State. That's probably a really good bet to get in. And then the one that's most difficult probably is Washington. So I'm going to start with Texas. And it's because I don't think they get enough recognition, but they also have a quarterback situation. So let's talk about them. Their rushing defense is tremendous. 97.9 yards game allowed. I just want to throw out one positive stat. And with all of these, we're going to discuss what do they take away? I want to do it from the opposite of other people. Just throw that in. Well, what's their positives? What's their positive? I'm a detractors guy. What brings you down? For Texas, it's not the run D, but it is this. Their red zone offense stinks. It is terrible. And it makes no sense because they've got a good offensive line. They've got a bevy of running backs. They're a lot like Florida State in that regard. But they're 48.5%, 120th in the nation, at red zone touchdown efficiency. So anytime you're inside the 20, you're in the red zone, they're scoring less than 50% of the time they're punching it for a touchdown. That's inexcusable. And then Quinn Ewers has been banged up. He's their primary quarterback. They have other quarterbacks and people are clamoring for Arch Manning and all that. He's not ready. But you don't want that guy to be there 
as your long-term solution. So out of this group, I started with Texas because I think they're the least likely. You cannot have your quarterback injured. Just can't. Is that nice to say? No, but it, it is what it is. You just can't be in that situation. So Texas, to me, is probably the least likely of this group that I'm discussing because of Quinn's situation, even though they got a great run defense, which is one of the first things myself or most people would really look at. And from talking to some other people I know, there's some trust with them long-term, assuming yours is good, and it starts with that rush D. But they got to figure out the red zone offense. That's that's horrible. And they, they also lost to Oklahoma. Just got to throw it out there. They are not in an undefeated team. Resume, that's part of it. And some people are talking about, should it be resume, eye test? It's a little of both, and I think the committee will look at it that way as well. Second team I want to discuss is Ohio State. Their quarterback situation is in the crosshairs as well, but it's not due to injury to the starter. Although the backup, who's played some, did get carted off recently. I, I think he's got an ankle injury, a lower leg injury. I don't know the severity of it. With that, Ohio State's Kyle McCord, pretty good quarterback, but he's not hitting the big plays like you're accustomed to seeing from an Ohio State offense. They're just not. And it's not like it's a lack of talent at the receiver position because Marvin Harrison Jr. is probably about as good as it gets. But they do have two problems. And it probably impacts Marvin and Kyle McCord as well. The offensive line is inconsistent. They're only averaging 133.8 yards a game. At Ohio State? With those receivers, teams aren't going to just suffer. Wait a minute. Maybe they are. They don't trust Ohio State's offensive line. They're coming after McCord. They're coming after the run game. And I'm guessing to a certain extent they may not admit this publicly, but a lot of teams are like, we're not going to cover Marvin anyway. We're going to suffocate your run game, and you've got a leaky offensive line. 133.8 yards on the ground per game. That's not very good. It's 93rd in the nation. So as a detractor for Ohio State, that's a pretty big one. I don't know if it this juncture of the season, you can really fix that. And watching some of the Penn State game, I tried to force myself to watch some of that. That was horrible to watch. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. They're not getting better in that regard. Can you beat a Georgia, a Florida State, a Michigan, whatever, when you have some semblance of a rushing attack? And Henderson's been hurt multiple times this year. When he plays, he's good. And he had a had a nice game against Wisconsin, but you don't know when he's healthy. The offensive line is iffy. That's hard. If you're the playoff committee, do you want to put them in the top four? Of course, on the other side, you say, well, they beat Notre Dame. They won at Wisconsin. They won at home against Penn State. There's some discussion about them being number one team, but they do not pass the eye test. And that stat, again, it just bothers me. 133.8. Um, with that, it's not surprising. I was just curious, and I looked it up. Ohio State's third down, 43.3%, 39th. Again, you think of the Buckeyes, you think of an offense that's consistent. Florida State, you know, that, do you worry about them on third down as much? No, they've been a lot more consistent. But that's that's another point we'll get to here in just a minute. Um, before I go into segment two, and I'm going to discuss Florida State, I'm going to discuss Oregon, and I'm going to discuss Washington, note that, there's still a lot of opinion on how the, the committee is going to do this. I mentioned it a minute ago, but I'm just saying there is no dead set rule that you can make a human being utilize. They may say it, 
but do you trust it? Meaning, are they a stat person? Are they an eye test person? Are they, well, this team just won this game. This is how I'm going to rank it. And that's why I got Washington and Oregon in the same segment because Oregon looks like the better team while Washington beat Oregon. So there's there's some interesting things to talk about with that, and it does make it difficult. I'm not sure there's one answer to that. I like to do a little of both personally. And that's how I'm going to do it when I get to the final segment when I talk about my pick. Download the Game Time app today. It's an easy app to use. You can find all the opportunities that you want for tickets, including if you're smart, get ahead and look at the Florida State game and check it out as they get ready to play the Hurricanes on the 11th. That is less than two weeks from now, the big game. Game Time gives you an opportunity. You're going to be able to see your seat. You're going to be able to do it quickly. Navigating the app is easy. I've been on it many, many times. And you're going to have peace of mind because it's a safe and secure app that you can get around and not have to worry about anything while you're doing it. So again, Game Time is an easy app to use. Check it out. Make sure you do so soon. If you're trying to get to the Miami game in particular, that would be very advisable. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College. That's L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets guaranteed. All right. Now, segment two. If we're going to discuss Florida State detractors, positives, whatever it is you want to do, we can sit here all day with stats. I love that stuff. But what would be the things that you would be upset about if you, as a Knowles fan? We'll talk about them first, then we'll talk about the Washington Huskies, and then we'll also talk about the Oregon Ducks. And it's just a conglomerate. And then in segment three, I'm going to kind of give my picks on how I think it's going to go with on with Michigan and regarding uh, Georgia. Um also going to have a few comments about the Harbaugh scandal and how that may impact this. But here's the deal. Florida State has hit the gas. I thought they were going to play well against Wake, and they did. But as I said on it was Sunday show, they didn't just hit the gas. Like They came out swinging. Defense, offense, aggressive. They adjusted. The play calling was probably about as good as it can be. But you're still not perfect, right? So what would it be, whether you're just looking at that game or the season, however you want to do it, what would you pick for the Knowles? I'm curious to go ahead and drop a comment, whatever, on YouTube. If you had a, something you wanted to kind of look at and say, man, I wish we just did and fill in the blank, whatever it may be. I wish the Knowles would do this better. I'm curious what you think. Well, here's what I have. My concern is the rushing defense. This is an accumulation for the season, and their national rank is 71st. They allow 146.6 per game. Certain games are good, certain games they're not. It's kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. Where's the Florida State defense? Where's Waldo? Like it, It's weird. The other part, and this is somewhat eye test and somewhat statistical, depending on how one wants to view it. My concern is that Florida State being a member of the Atlantic Coast Conference, do you respect it? Does the playoff committee? How much is it respected when North Carolina just laid an egg Miami's been all over the map. Clemson has fallen down. That's a, That was a great win at one point. But Clemson's got four losses now, and they've got a tough schedule down the stretch. They're going to have a hard time making a bowl game. They got Notre Dame this week. They may not even make a bowl. They got South Carolina. You never know in that game. They, you know, it's it's weird season this year, college football. 
but these things hurt Florida State. Who's the big win beyond LSU with them losing Duke? Well, terrible in their last game. They beat Duke, but they were losing to them for part of the game. They come back and win, and then Duke has just fallen on its face. Where's the Florida State win? And when you're in the ACC, I'm concerned about how the playoff committee is going to view them. I have no idea because, again, this is the human element. You're completely guessing. Every person has a different perspective on that. Somebody that grew up in South Carolina or North Carolina, maybe they didn't like Florida State, but they respect the ACC where they're from. But that person from L.A. or Chicago or Boston or Austin, Texas or something like that, I'm a little concerned. All right. Oregon. This is a team that I think right now is trending about as well as any school in the country, even up there with Michigan, Florida State, anybody else you want to put in that conversation, but they lost the game in Seattle. Not necessarily the greatest play calling, depending on who you ask, when they played the Huskies. That was a few weeks ago. Great game. How much does that hurt Washington's chances? Should it? How much do you think it matters? Everybody, again, this comes back to this. What have you done versus the eye test? I don't know what the playoff committee thinks. I like to do it a little of both. They're trending in the right direction, certainly. But, hey, man, you screwed up. You had a chance. You were the more physically talented team. You let them off the hook. Washington beat you. That's on you. So I can see it from either point. Something to think about. Also, 42nd in the nation, Oregon's defense in pass defense, just yardage, 208 a game. It's not horrific, but I think in a playoff scenario where if you score 35, you're at a low number. If you look at the playoffs the last few years, teams that are successful are scoring over 35, usually over 40. That means one thing. They're probably going to allow somebody to hit some big plays. They're probably going to allow somebody to stick around. The playoff committee's got all day to look at this kind of stuff, and I'm just throwing out one stat. It took me about five seconds. This from the IT, I'm like, I'm not sure about Oregon's D. Where are they? Are they that good? I don't think they're that great. They got a lot of young defensive linemen in the freshman class, and they got a big senior group, but I don't think they've got enough depth in the upperclassmen ranks that is getting pressure. And I also question how much depth they have at corner that's playing at a high level. Not saying they don't have talent but they're not getting enough big plays in the passing game. They're, they're a player two away from where they probably should be. And they may trend better, but that's a concern that I have for them. Finally, let's talk about the Washington Huskies for this segment before we get into segment three and talk about my pick for which teams will make the playoff and like right on that cusp. Might even go to six to talk about it. We'll, we'll think about that for a sec. But naming those schools is, is hard, and I've got my own, my own thoughts. So the last team here, the Huskies, Michael Penix Jr. is tremendous. One of my favorite players. I'm biased because he's from Florida. He committed to Tennessee. signed with Indiana. He's transferred to Washington. He's been hurt multiple times. He's been through a lot. He's a Heisman contender for a reason, though. And that's because he's battled and he's done great things, including that win for the Huskies over the Ducks. Is it enough to get them into a situation where they deserve playoff consideration above other teams? And here's my concerns on why. I mean, this... the, the the worst stat I'm going to give in the, on this show, it's not even close, it's right here. What do you think the pass defense per game yardage is for the Huskies? I wasn't sure, but I guess it was going to be around 100 because I knew they weren't that good. I was somewhat close, but unfortunately for them, I shot too high. 
Washington's pass defense, 264.6, and that is 118 out of 133 in the country. 118th, man. It's amazing they're still undefeated. The other thing is they've had four consecutive games that they've won by less than 10, including like, you know, it's one thing to beat Oregon by three. Okay. That's a great team, but Arizona, etc. like they've been flat and their offense hasn't been on full fire yet either. Since then, they started to get it going a little bit against Stanford, but Stanford couldn't stop a stiff breeze. They're terrible on defense. There was like 24,000 people at that game for Stanford too. That's the most pathetic fan base in the country. And it's just amazing that they just couldn't get it going and stopping it. Like Stanford scored over 30 against their, their defense is just bad at Washington. So I'm really concerned about them from that perspective. And I don't know if you're going to be able to quote unquote, write the ship in a very short order. I just don't think they got the ball players. And I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out there. And I know the committee's not supposed to look at it this way, but I'm back to the human element. There's a chance that Washington will finish the season before the playoffs, bowl game, whatever, in the Pac-12 title game. Guess who they're probably going to have to play again? Oregon. Do you think Oregon's going to screw up again? I don't. I, I just think that it's going to be hard for them. But to that point, there's going to be people that say, well, they beat them now. This is where we are. That's the only thing you could look at. And I'm okay with that. Just, just my opinion. So we shall see. Before I go into segment three with my pick, uh, do note that the Locked On College Football Live is going to have a show on Friday. Obviously going to talk about the playoff rankings in the big games because we're now to the point where we're splitting hairs. There's only a few teams that legitimately are on that cusp besides a few of the obvious. And honestly, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it. I'm giving mine today. They're going to give theirs with several different people on Friday. So make sure you check it out at 11 a.m. right here on this channel or wherever you want to pick it up on the Locked On YouTube channels. You can get it anywhere you want. If you can't watch it live, you can certainly download it later because it will be on the channel. With that, we are also sponsored by FanDuel today. It is our second sponsor, and FanDuel is America's favorite sports book, and you can download the app and use it for free anytime you want. So right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Again, that's $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. $150 if your team wins. That's a pretty good deal. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, Right now is a pretty darn good time to do it. Um, wonder what the, the line is. I haven't looked it up yet. Florida State and Pittsburgh. I know the line's 21 and a half just in general. I don't know what the money line is, but that'd be pretty interesting on what you'd get if Pittsburgh won that game because there's about zero chance of that. The app is very easy to use. You can navigate through it, and if you want to pick props, just straight-up numbers based on who's going to win, like the money line. But if you want to play halftime or if you want to play a quarter, whatever it may be, that's an option. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, segment three, and this is this is just fun. I, I like doing research with stats. Obviously, I talk about the eye test just based on what I see when I see a Florida State game or anybody else I could watch. I've been watching more Florida and Miami stuff here recently just because I'm kind of curious how they're 
seasons are going to end if there's going to be coaching situations that change around for them or anybody around them. But anybody I watch, I try to do it as objectively as I can. And here's the deal. Florida State, to me, is trending in the right direction, much like Oregon. And I think this is – I'm going to give my pick first, and I'm going to talk about what I think the committee is going to do. And I think that should be commended. Teams that win in late October and through November, those are the ones I count on. Why? Because they're playing well. You don't want the team that's finishing with a sputter at the end of the season. That's stupid. If you start out the first three weeks, great. That's nice. But you got to have some gas in the tank for the back end. So with that, I think Florida State should definitely be in the top four. And this is how I would have it ranked. Um, with Brock Bowers being out for Georgia, that that hurt that took them out of the number one spot for me. Just my opinion on it. I have Michigan one, even though they haven't played the greatest schedule, because I just think they're the most consistent team in the country. They see a team, they squash it. I want to come back to the Jim Harbaugh thing here in a second. Just note that I brought that up. I think they should be one. I'm not saying they will be, but I think they should be. I would place Florida State two because they've been consistent except for a couple of moments in their offense in an era. That's why I talked about the 40 points per game deal in the playoffs. They can compete with anybody on a given day. And the eye test is good, and they've beaten some good opponents. And when they've had a chance to trounce a team, like a couple of times they've had that opportunity, it's 